Hello, and welcome to the Marvel Cinema Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Henry. I am your other co-host, Matthew. And today, we are talking about our favourite cosy movies. It's, in my in my opinion, it was kind of a, it's, it's a weird month earlier, earlier prelude to our Christmas movie podcast, which we probably will do. <laughs> it's November. It basically yeah. is Christmas. It's crazy. I'm currently wearing a Christmas jumper. Are you? Oh, yeah. you beat me to it. I'm that crazy. <laughs> oh, um, you rebel. Yeah. Uh, but before that, we also have we have news, and just to let you know that this episode would probably be a bit shorter, just because we're in a bit of a, a time schedule at the moment. And we're we're busy to... people today. Busy. It's strange. Surprisingly, yeah. Busy people. Um, but yeah, just before that, I want to say that it's once again, we have an Instagram account at Marvelous and a podcast. We're doing reviews and lists, stuff like that. Obviously, the podcast. Uh, so, yeah, give us a, a look over there. Give a like us. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Uh, get in contact any way you can. Uh, happy to talk to you. And, yeah, do you want to get just right into the news? Yes, let's go. Speed the news read time. <laughs> this is yeah. what I've been preparing for my whole life. <laughs> right, okay. Let's begin with Marvel. Okay. Right. So, casting stuff. Mm-hmm. So... Yaya Abdul-Mateen II is in talks to start as Wonder Man for a Disney Wonder Plus Man. series. Mm-hmm. Is that an Alan Moore thing? I'm not sure. I Because I've been a bit busy, I haven't had time to do my research this week. <laughs> <laughs> but the, that's not where the news ends for this. Okay. Apparently, for this series, they are desperate. Oh, not desperate. That's not what the report said. <laughs> They're in talks to get Bob Odenkirk on board. Oh yes, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, a lot of the things I've seen floating around is that uh, they're looking at him for like a manager kind of figure, mm-hmm. like a Hollywood agent. Right. Okay. Which I think is Bob Odenkirk all over. Yeah. The more we get of Bob, the better. As long as it doesn't stop him from doing more nobody films, that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that should be interesting. All the casting yeah. news this time for <laughs> Agatha: Coven of Chaos. We're moving. We're moving quickly. <laughs> we are moving today. Mm-hmm. So, Joe Locke from uh, the Netflix series Heartstopper has joined the cast of Agatha Coven of Chaos. Uh, a lot of early speculation does seem to suggest mm-hmm. he'll be playing an older version of Billy Maximoff, a.k.a. Wiccan. Right. Oh, um, right, yeah. An, yeah. Quite an important young Avenger in the comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, obviously, son of Wanda Maximoff. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar power set to Wanda, like reality-altering kind of thing. Uh, yeah. It's also worth noting, noting that in the comics, um, he is part of one of the more significant LGBTQ plus relationships. Yeah. Not that he is obviously famous for that. He's a character in his own right. I just thought it's worth yeah. noting. Yeah, it's worth noting that. Because um, I don't think Marvel, to my knowledge at least, hasn't went there yet with a romance. I guess that's. No, they um, haven't. They haven't. They haven't gone for like a main. Yeah, in the eye, in the in you know, mm. in the public eye, kind of, kind of yeah, relationship. So hopefully, this might be the first. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, for that series, Audrey Plaza has joined the cast. Oh, okay. Uh, no role for that one. Yeah, I like her. Just yet. She's good. Yes, uh, she is. She's very entertaining. Um, mm. Yeah, another another cast edition. Very excited about. Uh, and then for this for this next one, um, I know we're, I know we're being quick, but I would just like to say that I'm going to introduce this as a new segment for the show. Okay. <laughs> right. I'm going to call it Read of the Week. Read of the Week. Okay. <laughs> Not as in reading, mm-hmm. as in none other than Reed Richards. Oh, I see. We're I see. back here again. That's good. That's, I like that. So <laughs> the first time, the first time we did this, um, it was rumored Tom Ellis was in the running. Yeah, Tom Ellis. And uh, and. Um, What's his face? Adam Driver. All right, both of them. Mm. First week back. It was a double of, bill. Of Star Wars right. and Miranda theme. Yep. What a combo. Yeah. <laughs> Last week, it was William Jackson Harper. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. we can say apparently won't be Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week, if we can get a drum roll for this. I don't know. Okay. Uh, if it comes through, it comes through. <laughs> I'm doing it. Everybody at home can do their own. <laughs> Courtesy of, I don't know if this is a reputable place, but for the humour of the segment... I'm keeping it in. Uh, a source called Can We Get Toast? Right. Who have said the leading candidate is now Diego yeah. Luna. Diego Luna. Oh, uh, Andor. Andor, yes. Huh. I mean, kind of. I can kind of see that, but I'm not sure. Um, yeah, not my favourite out of all these Read of the Week people. <laughs> yeah, so um, 
Yeah, he is this week's Reader of the Week. Will he be the read of the forever? <laughs> but <laughs> he's the know. read of this week. I think it's going to be one of the characters. next week for, for yeah. next week's read, read of the Week. I think even when that film comes out, they're going to change his playing read in every scene. <laughs> Just a mess of it. <laughs> well, they could, uh, yeah, yeah, they could do that. It'd be fun. A bit of multiversal madness. Yeah. I don't know why they've already done that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's kind of rounds it off for Marvel. Um... What else have we got on this news? We have got a premiere date for HBO's The Last of Us. Oh, okay. 15th of January. There will be nine episodes. Next year, like coming up? Mm-hmm, yep. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Yep, it's I don't, us, three months. Is there been a trailer? Because I haven't seen it. Two months. Two months. Yeah, there's a trailer. Oh, I just haven't seen it. It's, it's good. It's a very good trailer. Oh, okay. That's good to hear. Uh, so far, so good, it looks. Um, but yeah, that's upon us. Mm-hmm. Uh, another piece of news. Do you remember the film Lucy with Scarlett Johansson? <laughs> I do, yeah. It's getting a sequel series with Morgan Freeman set to reprise his role. What? That movie's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, that's happening according to Variety. That's weird. I, just, I, I should have... say Morgan Freeman's in talks to reprise his role. Yeah. You didn't confirm. I don't think I ever expected that film to be getting anything else <laughs> beyond. No, um, it's like one of them things. Like the a couple of weeks ago, it was announced that uh, Constantine's getting a sequel. Oh, with um, with Keanu. Oh, really? Is it actually getting one? Yeah, official. Oh, oh wow, back. that's great. Because I quite <laughs> like that film. Yeah, I watched it fairly recently. Mm. It's strange, but it's entertaining. Yeah, can't deny it's not entertaining. It, it's Keanu Reeves doing his his best. Um, like, I don't know how to put it, but whenever he's in an action-heavy role and he's, like, delivering lines with that, like, weird kind of down, downtone, like, voice. Yeah. I, I love it when he does that. And it's so, like, he's saying, like, you can't tell if he's doing a bad line reading, reading or just a very <laughs> Keanu, right, like, line reading. <laughs> he has a style. Definitely has a style. Yeah. That is the style. Yeah. So, next piece of news. People are going to think I'm on drugs. <laughs> um... Danny Boyle has said that Alex Garland has finished a script for 28 months later and mm. that it feels like a very good time to make it. Yeah. Given that it's both Boyle and Garland and that Cillian Murphy is apparently eager or eager but is open to returning, it'll be more of a direct yeah. sequel to the first film rather than the sequel, which is a sequel, but it's not a direct mm. sequel. Yeah, it's like um, a, yeah. a spin-off sort of thing. Um, so we could be returning to... I'm going to say, I think it's the most terrifying zombie film out there. Not as in the mm. film itself, but like the zombies themselves. Yeah. They are the freakiest. Mm-hmm. And that would be interesting to get a third film. People have been after it. It's a bit of a cult hit. Yeah, yeah. I always um, see that shot of him in like in London. At, like, <laughs> I think they filmed it like half five in the morning. and <laughs> No one's yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> at the CGI out, the random jogger in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, elsewhere, more news. There was a new trailer for Avatar: The Way of the Water. Yeah. One of the more interesting observations I found from it is that Sigourney Weaver is playing Jake and Neturi's child. Yeah, I, I think I, for some reason, knew that before the trailer. I think I heard mm. an interview with James Cameron, and I just thought, oh no, I think I thought I saw something with Sigourney Weaver saying it's very weird to play a teenager as a horrible old <laughs> she is. Like, and I was like. Is he playing a teenager? I just didn't get. I don't understand it. Um, but I don't know. So it looks like he's doing well. Um, mm-hmm. It must be very weird. But at the same time, that trailer. I love both trailers we've gotten for that movie. It looks mm-hmm. just great. I love it so much. It very atmospheric. <laughs> yeah. And they've really gone for like just pure Avatar in this. It looks like. Mm, yeah. Like last one, obviously there was human and Avatar, but it just seems to be mostly human, which is mm-hmm. not so yeah. mostly Avatar even. I can't, yeah. remember the na- I can't remember, remember the name of the species. Um, the planet's called Pandora. Oh, the Navi. There we go. Navi. The Navi. Sorry, yeah. yes. They're full, fully Navi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which is interesting. We're moving on again. Mm-hmm. Uh, season two of The Sandman has been officially announced by Netflix. Oh. Have you seen that show? Or I have watched the first season. It's weird, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I missed it. I just, for some reason, I... I love the the look of the comics so much, and it's on my like reading list, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I want to wait until after I've read the comic, and then to kind of uh, okay. compare yeah. and contrast. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, it's very interesting. It's kind of it's not an anthology, but it feels like an anthology in certain points. Mm-hmm. 
it's not like a I suppose you could say it's like several arcs yeah um, but yeah it's, it's very interesting it's definitely very stimulating yeah um, so yeah excited it's got a season 2 um, meanwhile I'll tell you who isn't getting another season Westworld has been cancelled by HBO after uh, four seasons. I did hear this and it, it confused me because I was sure that they were like back on track to being a good show or something like that. Yeah, that's, um, what, that's what people were seeming to be to be saying. Apparently they were going to wrap it up after five anyway, uh, but they've decided to cut it short. Due to contractual obligations, the cast will still be paid for season five. Oh, well, that's good, I guess. Yeah, um, that's what Deadline reported. I saw um, the first season and liked it, and then heard nothing particularly great about the next couple. So I kind of yeah. just thought, I'll wait until we hear about the new one coming out. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it kind of just continued to kind of this weird sort of thing. I couldn't tell what the opinion was, so I just stopped watching it. <laughs> yeah, I liked the first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, me too. I started the second season, but I just kind of fell off with it. Yeah. So I don't really know. Uh, shout out to Kyle. Kyle likes Westworld. Christian <laughs> Kyle. Oh, yeah, Kyle. <laughs> um,. I'm sorry, my commis- my commiserations. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's um, kind of been brought to an end. It wasn't as popular as it kind of was when it first premiered, but yeah. um, still a bit of a shocker. It was a, I think from memory, it was quite a big thing when it first came out. So it's it surprising. Was. People really enjoyed it. Um, bit of a bit of a off kilter bit of news for this one. Um, have you heard of the film The Terrifier Two or just Terrifier Two? Uh, I don't think so. No. It's a low budget incredibly gory uh, slasher film mm-hmm. that was kind of crowdfunded uh, but it was doing quite well in the states it made the news because um, it regularly made cinema go with vomit during screenings right okay um, it was made on a budget of 250,000 right um, it has crossed 9 million dollars in terms of box office gross mm-hmm. um, which is impressive for an uncut film yeah um, but the main reason this is in the news is because they have submitted it for Oscar consideration. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, and it made me laugh because I read the explanation and they said, and I quote, the thought of having members of the Academy endure an extreme unrated horror movie that they would otherwise consider beneath them, that's just too hilarious of an opportunity to pass up. <laughs> right. I mean, I can understand that, yeah. Yeah, so even they admitted they're probably not going to get anything, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's an amusing story. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly less amusing. Uh, there are some reports coming out of uh, following the replacement of Henry Cavill with Liam Hemsworth mm. on The Witcher. Yeah. Reports are saying that Henry Cavill didn't leave because of his Superman commitments, right. and that it was actually because he disagreed with the creative team. Oh, okay. Some of these reports have indicated that he did want to leave after season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he filmed season three and has now decided to leave. He right. has spoken before uh, about sort of the di- the difficulty of aligning his own sort of love for the character and understanding of the law as compared to what the, sort of the creative team were doing. Mm. Um and apparently the reason for him leaving is that he wanted a more book-accurate version of Geralt. Of Geralt. Yeah. This does actually follow something uh, a member of the former writing staff has said. I'm sorry I don't have the name written down, mm-hmm. but the member of the writing staff is now heading up the um, animated X-Men series for Disney+. Plus. Right. Oh, yeah. But that, he did say that um, a lot of the writers actively disliked the source material on The Witcher. <laughs> right, okay. Well, that's um, not ideal. <laughs> and this has been followed up by a petition to bring back Henry Cavill and sack the white writing staff. Right, okay. <laughs> the uh, petition has garnered over 100,000 signatures. <laughs> it won't lead to anything, but it's scary. Yeah, I mean, I just... Yeah, I think that's unfortunate, because I think I did, I did hear about him loving the source material so much that he would... Mm. Uh, not, yeah. I don't know, not be mean about it, but like he would notice something and tell them that they're doing it. Not wrong, but like it's not in line with something. And I'd be yeah. hearing that, this, this thinking was kind of cool that he was so into it, but then to hear that they, the actual people on the internet weren't not into it is a bit annoying. It is kind of, uh, mm. yeah, you kind of want people yeah. to all be on the same side in a production. So, yeah, I hope yeah. it's, you know, not quite that, but you never know. 
Mm. Yeah, I, I, w- I would say this. Um, the reason this has kind of made the news is more because of the petition reaching over 100,000 signatures. Mm. Uh, because most of these stories haven't been confirmed by a big outlet. I don't know if it's because they just don't deem the story kind of big enough. Mm. Um, but it has been reported by multiple sources, and there is obviously the information from the, the previous writer that is worth knowing. Yeah. Um, so I'm just saying that isn't this isn't concrete fact, but it's yeah. what a lot of the indicators are pointing to. Mm-hmm. Last piece of news, uh, Star Wars stuff. Mm. Uh, Daphne Keane and Carrie Ann Moss have mm. been added to the cast of Star Wars: The Acolyte. Daphne Keane is Logan, right? Yep. Well, not Logan, but <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Logan and his dark materials carry on mass, obviously, of, of Matrix, and she was in Jessica Jones. There is also a synopsis for the series that has been released. Oh. I haven't written this one down. This one's on my phone, so I'll just find it. It is. Oh, it's gone. No, it's back. It is. A former Padawan reunites with her Jedi Master to investigate a series of crimes, but the forces they confront are more sinister than they ever anticipated. Hmm. Uh, it is set as the dark side rises at the end of the High Republic era. Right. Okay. To the end of, I guess, the high, like what I will look like, the best time in the universe. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. When the good times came to an end. <laughs> uh, um, also in the cast for that are Amanda Stenberg, Lee Jung Ye, Jody. No. What does that say? I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> Jody Turner Smith. I think it's Jody. Uh-huh. Uh, Charlie B- uh, Charlie Barnett and oh what the fuck I can't <laughs> read my own handwriting <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> come on Matthew you're on the clock here <laughs> oh let me find this where's it gone oh dear lord what a different is notebook <laughs> Jesus <laughs> where's it gone <laughs> Oh, I've got to find it now for the sake of these cast members. For all our listeners, I want you to know this is very authentic. <laughs> this is, this is, this is, this is as it's happening. Yeah. This, this is, this is, this is journalism live. This, yeah, this is live in the night, isn't it? This is like, you know. You oh, here we go. Here we oh, go. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Amanda Sten... Oh, for God's sake, Matthew. Amanda Stenberg, Lee Jung Ye, Manny... Why that... Now in my own handwriting, that reads Mary. Uh, it's not Mary. Manny Jacinto, Daphne Keane, Jody Turner Smith, Rebecca Henderson, Charlie Barnett, Dean Charles Chapman, and Carrie Ann Moss. There we go. We've done the news. <laughs> Don't ask me to read any more. <laughs> I hope I've done everything. I'm just going to give it another scan. What else have we got? Dar- oh, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav has said. We're going to see a real focus on franchises from Warner Brothers, as if that's not what they've been doing for the last 20 years. <laughs> and what more studios do for the past 20 years. <laughs> yes, he, he has highlighted that there hasn't been a Superman film in 13 years, mm-hmm. and that it's been 15 years since the last Harry Potter film. Apparently he isn't counting yeah. Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> or even like BVS of um, Henry Cavill yeah. still doing it. But <laughs> Yeah, <sighs> right, that is the news. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Oh, <laughs> major John Wick game. John Wick game? Yeah, Lionsgate wanted to have a major John Wick game. Now, that is it. It's literally... Okay. Oh, wait, no, there is. <laughs> a Rogue short film coming to Disney Plus in November. Right, okay. <laughs> is, that, is that true? Have I just written that down? That's just from your brain. That's 50-50. <laughs> that's you can't, 50/50. You can't know for sure. I promise you, I am now done. The paper's <laughs> on the floor. I'm just, just me and my microphone. There's nothing else. I'm done. I don't think this that you've it. scrunched the paper into a ball and thrown it to a bin forever. Mm-hmm. Forever <laughs> and ever. <laughs> right. Well, that was some good news. That was some fast news. That um, was fast news. Speed news. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed doing quick reactions like I just did. <laughs> which was, ah, that's good. <laughs> and remember, people, next week, tune in for Read of the Week. Yeah. <laughs> Our famous segment, Read mm. of the Week. Um <laughs> right, well, I guess <laughs> to take the pressure off you a bit, I'll talk a bit about the cozy movie thing. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> You're gonna have a rest. <laughs> um, it's actually it's quite a good topic, you know, yeah. relaxing films. Yeah, nostalgia Chill off to. for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but you know the week, but yeah, well, yeah, the topic for this week is cozy movies. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's getting darker out there. 
I'm looking outside my window right now, it's like half four and it's already almost dark. Like we're at that point in the year. Um, I got my neon lights on, my fairy lights, you know, it was that time yeah, of year, yeah. you know. Um, I'm wearing a Christmas jumper, like I said before. Uh, so we're very much in that area where you, you can do your work, but also you could just get under a blanket and watch a cozy movie. And I've chosen that route a lot of times <laughs> in my life. Um, but my first, my first, uh, my first option uh, that I'm going for is a weird one because I, I, I was thinking about movies, and I was thinking, oh yeah, I got this, this, and this. But recently, I have been watching a TV show, which okay. or rewatching a, such a such a, a TV show, which is extremely cozy, and more often than not, does fit in with this time of the year. Mm-hmm. And I had been rewatching uh, Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've I decided for some reason to go from the Matt Smith era forward into Peter Capaldi and then mm-hmm. Jodie Whittaker, um, and I just I I kind of forgot, but I didn't really. But I just forgot how much that show was just a, a very warm blanket. Um, yeah. Even when it's like not at its best, even when it's a bit like, even when it's not doing its greatest work, it's still there's something about it where you can't help but love it. Um, and I think Matt Smith is a highlight of the show for me. I don't, I, I go back and forth between David Tennant and Matt Smith for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, I do love Peter Capaldi too. Um, so I'm just, yeah, I'm just having a great time with it. And I just, I forgot how um, great the music is specifically. Um, yeah. There's this theme tune that Matt Smith gets um, that is the most like adrenaline fueled but also somehow again cozy <laughs> um, theme tune, um, and it's just it's just great, and it's just nice to sit down and watch a TV show where they go to Venice and there's vampires. Like, <laughs> like sometimes you're watching you're like this is quite weird, but I'm still loving it. And sometimes you're watching and you're like this is genuinely great, um, which for the, is for me for the most part Doctor Who really. Even when it's not great, it's still cozy and fun, and even mm-hmm. and when it's great, it's actually full on great. Um, so yeah, I've just been watching it, and it's just yeah. I think it's been a bit of a nostalgia, nostalgia sort of trip for me because I watched it for the first time properly. Like actually sat down and said, I'm, I'm going to like go through it chronolog- chronologically, I guess, um, in like 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I got like midway through Capaldi, and then it's kind of dropped off from there. Um, and I just thought I might, I'm just going to return to it because I haven't even remotely touched it again since that time period. So it's been at least four years. Um, and it's it's this weird thing of like, it was only four years ago, but it's, it's I've got like nostalgia for it. Like I'm watching these episodes, and I'm like, oh yeah, this episode, this happened, and this and this and that, and like this music cue and this coat that he wears. I don't know. Like there's just like mm-hmm. there's so much to it that is perfect. And I think for me, the the concept of the Doctor as a character is it's just fascinating to me because it's a character who is. You could, you know, he's an, you know, an arguably a superhero of sorts, but his mode of travel is a police box that's bigger on the inside. He <laughs> he very rarely uses weapons, and if he does, it's not to actually cause harm. It's more to like just distract from something. Mm-hmm. Um, he is literally just a wanderer. Like he's just going around places and just helping out where he can. Um, he has just immense trauma from the past, but also is never just dwelling in it and he's kind of moving forward and trying to in some ways fix himself from doing what he might have done in the past but it's it's a fascinating character and I think the concept of the show is so perfectly relayed in that first episode of Matt Smith uh, mm-hmm. where it's just this great like the world's going to end and it's got 12 minutes to sort it out and he's running around he's doing this and doing that um, the music is pumping and he's got a new companion that's great and then he solves the whole thing and he goes to TARDIS and he says to Amy something like, uh, all the time and space, where do you want to go first? And it's like, that's the concept of the show in one sentence. And like, it's amazing in that way. And it's just like, you can go anywhere and do anything with that show. And they do. They don't ever waste it, I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I've just been loving it. It's just such a cozy, warm little soul about this very kind character. Um, he has a dark side, but you know, it's a very kind character and like I think the main reason it came to mind as a cozy thing is because of the Christmas specials <laughs> which yes. are yeah. the best like even like the ones that aren't as good as the other ones they're all just there's something about Doctor Who and Christmas that just goes extremely well together 
They do, um, absolutely. I think I think my favourite might be the one where uh, the Doctor just essentially does um, Scrooge. <laughs> he scrooges a guy where he just goes back in time and pretends to be like the ghost of Christmas past and all that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just really like that one. And I think every Christmas special just has this very warm kind of, oh, it's this whimsical, kind of weird looking sometimes, like this lovely, lovely show. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think... Well, I think you agree with Doctor Who really is like this. Just even when it's like not that good, it's still like, I like this. <laughs> it still has a charm. Yeah, yeah. And it, that charm just never fades. And for me, similarly with that nostalgia, mm. I do have the nostalgia for when I when I went back and rewatched it. Mm. But as well, when I was younger, particularly in the, the David Tennant era, it was one of the first kind of. Other than Star Wars, because I was obsessed with Star Wars from a very young age. Mm. Um. But in terms of watching television, it was something that it was religiously sat down and watched. Even though some of the early ones terrified me. <laughs> yeah. As a kid, the Slitheen, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's horrifying. Yeah. Um, and the, I remember the gas mask zombies. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I will always remember just those final episodes of David Tennant as being... Mm. Something so special. Yeah, yeah. And I remember because I rewatched them when I when I sort of went to the first year at uni. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we were at uni, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and kind of, I was getting through them, and when it came to doing those last few uh, um, David Tennant episodes, it was like at, at, towards Christmas, and I sort of came home and I finished them at home where I watched them the first time around mm-hmm. on the big telly. And it was just as magical as it was or the first time around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And something that people don't tend to talk about because the emphasis is, tends to be on David Tennant and Matt Smith. Yeah. Um, but for me, one of my favourite episodes is one that I never watched at the time and I only actually got round to watching during this rewatch when we were at uni. Mm-hmm. And it's in their Peter Capaldi run. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the name of the episode, but it's the one where he's trapped in the castle. Yeah, yeah. It's the time loop one. That is think, extraordinary. I think it's called Heaven Sent. Yes. And the yeah. next one's like Hell Bent. Or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It is everything that sci fi should be or could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just perfectly capturing the imagination. And to do it in just such a clever way, it's. I love time loop things. It's kind of why I did it. Why we wrote a film? Our own. <laughs> yeah, yeah I love that. the time loop things, and that is—it's an exceptional episode. That I I really like to remind people exists. Yeah, yeah. It's I think it's this perfect sort of um, the sort of marriage between like a sci-fi concept and mm. an arc for a character, where the concept yeah. just matches the arc perfectly, and it builds and it has this mystery and suspense. And when you find out what's going on, it's like kind of terrifying but also it becomes something really cathartic by the way he solves yeah. it um so that, again i think that kind of goes back to the, the allure for me with the character where it's like his main tool and the way he gets out of things and saves people is just very quick problem solving <laughs> yeah um and whether you know you know it's arguable and it's probably very true that for the most part when he when he problem solves it is a, it is a writer going if I just say these words very, very fast, it'll sound like it makes sense. <laughs> it's kind of the J.J. Abrams sort of thing where he says to Chris Pine, like, yeah, I think Chris Pine asked him something like, I don't know what I'm saying in a Star Trek movie. And then J.J. Abrams just said to him, oh, don't worry, it doesn't matter. It, all everyone says is you, sees you running on the ship and saying things loud and fast. They're just thinking, something's happening, something's happening. <laughs> and I think for the most part of Doctor Who, even though I'm sure there's a, a logic behind it, and a, mm. you know, I, I do think they work it out, um, even if they don't actually understand quantum, whatever they say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do think there is that element of like, and I think some of the joy that showed for me is just, it's never not endearing and like just exciting to watch any Doctor run around, run around the TARDIS hitting buttons. <laughs> there's yeah, something it, inherently just fun about that concept of a, a guy just or woman just running around his console just pressing buttons and just saying words really fast and loud <laughs> it's exciting it's just you want to know what's going on in their head mm-hmm. quite frankly it's just the excitement of it just even it's in that purest form it's because as well it's quite it's like watching 
in terms of the actors, it's like watching Masters at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because it's so hard to get that level of enthusiasm across to the to the audience and not look completely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And it's a testament to every actor that's taken on that role that they managed to do it and mm. create such a following for themselves. Yeah. And it's it's like it's it's always kind of fascinating as well as kind of a I guess like an actor's sort of experience where it is sort of like the perfect role in a lot of ways. Because yeah. it's a TV show about your character. If you get the role, it's a TV show about your character. Where at any point in a run of like three or four seasons, you could be doing literally anything. Yeah. Um, and you get multiple core stars that come on board and you get to develop a whole arc of them. Um, it, yeah, it is. There's something about it. And I think when they lean towards. Um, the whole kind of magical element of this guy being in this box and all that. Mm. It always just works for me. I'm like, yeah, this this is pretty magical. <laughs> this is Christmas. <laughs> 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 like it just it just works for me the every time. Um but yeah, I think that was just yeah. I just think recently that's just been on my mind quite a lot and just I can't wait to continue watching this throughout this next these next couple of dark months. <laughs> Where are you up to? I'm up to like literally this early on Matt Smith, like season five, his his first season. Okay. Yeah. Um I think I'm just, I'm a, oh yeah, I'm up to um, the Van Gogh episode, that one. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's great. Um, mm. But yeah, that's my pick for the first yeah. one. Just to sound that episode, that's one of those episodes that you're watching it and you think, this is good, and then it gets to the last scene, it's like, <laughs> nah, you tricked me. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> I thought I was. I thought I was watching a. I thought I was watching a wacky sci-fi program about adventuring through time and space. Mm. But you've just hit me with some, some serious emotion there. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not watching the leftovers here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just that's just the grace of the show. It just does things like that sometimes, and it's it just hits always like very well for me. Um, yeah. Definitely. But yeah, that's my pick. Yeah. Do you want to get it with yours? Um, so my first one, my big pick, to start us off. Um, I'm going for... I'm going for a film. I'm going for Mamma Mia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've got to go for it. You've got to include it. If you're talking comfort, if you're talking excitement, you've got to go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say... It's, we've, you know, we've talked about this quite a lot, but I would say both Mamma Mia films fit into this kind of category. But if you're talking about comfort, I think I'd probably go for the first one. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's one of them things yeah. where the first one's probably the more entertaining, comforty film, but then mm-hmm. the second one's probably what you'd call a better film, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've talked about it quite a lot. Um, <laughs> but this moment, this moment, it's just it's joy in a film, mm-hmm. and I think, I think, it sums it up perfectly. Whenever you hear or if you like, listen to interviews from the cast at the time, where you could tell they just had a ball. Yeah, yeah. Like from the interviews and just from from the actual what's going on, mm. you can tell that everyone's living the living the time of their lives, mm-hmm. and it comes across so infectiously. And it's just such a perfect. It's a perfect ensemble cast for what it's going for. Yeah, you've got some real heavy hitters in terms of acting, <laughs> yeah. acting quality here. Mm. You've got you've got the Queen Meryl Streep, <laughs> an ex James Bond. Mm-hmm. You've got another sort of nineties heartthrob in Colin Firth. Yep. You've got Stellan Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've got British comedy royalty Julie Walters. <laughs> yeah. You've kind of got American acting royalty in uh, Kristan Bransky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you've got a lot of younger cast members who did did end up you know making something themselves. Mm. Um, and it's just the stars aligning. In terms of a film, yeah, and there is there is nothing that can persuade me otherwise as to the brilliance of this film. Mm, I I totally agree. Yeah, <laughs> it's just there's not there's not a single scene that doesn't just it just warms my heart. Yeah, I get a warm feeling inside. Yeah, it's one of those things where whenever I'm watching the first one and the second one, but also the first one, where um, there's just like these moments every scene that just makes me like laugh out loud. And it's this halfway kind of thing where I'm, I don't know if I'm laughing at it or with it. <laughs> I'm never quite sure. Um, it does help to know that they actually were having a great time and were yeah. probably quite drunk. I'll be honest <laughs> with uh, on that set. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like it's one of those things where I think Miami Two is 
for me, I think it is a better film and mm-hmm. a more emotionally kind of yeah. like well-rounded film. But there is something um, about the first one where it's so just manic, <laughs> but yeah. in a really like not in like a confusing way, but manic in like there's a an energy way um, where it's just like a camera is put somewhere, who knows where. Uh, Meryl's gonna sing and dance towards the camera. Uh, what's the choreography? Just flail your arms about. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's sunny. It looks good. Don't worry. Um, it's just yeah. It just it just works, and I think it's this perfect sort of. It's simultaneously cheesy, but and kind of goofy, but also, but also kind of like sincere at the same time. It's weird. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's just a great cast and a great location and a great like vague structure about these dads coming for the wedding <laughs> um, that just gets the movie by but I just I never don't enjoy it, it I think I enjoy it more every time yeah. actually <laughs> yeah it's just it's a perfect sort of if you're feeling down as well yeah. it's a perfect pick me up film mm-hmm. and it doesn't even matter if it's on because it's on TV quite often it is yeah, um, yeah. It, it's usually the case of it, it's on and you think I've watched it fairly recently so I shouldn't but I'm gonna. But I'm gonna. <laughs> even if even if there's something else on at eight or nine that you're gonna watch, mm. I can just fit in a cheeky forty minutes. Oh yeah, definitely. I can just I can just fit in. <laughs> I can fit in on me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, do you have a, you have another comfort film or? I do. Series? Yeah. Um, I think for me, uh, I watched it quite recently actually on like a on a Sunday. Um, and I realised, I hadn't quite realised how much, but I realised that it is a film that I, I love so much. And it, it's not quite a Christmas film. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, it's a rather time period. Um, but I love, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you've seen it, actually, because I, I know it's quite old, but it is quite popular. Um, it's uh, Planes, Trains and Automobiles. <gasps> yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Good film. I love this film. Um mm-hmm. It stars uh, Steve Martin, Stephen Martin mm-hmm. or Steve Martin? Steve Martin, I think. Steve Martin, okay. And uh, John Candy. Um, mm-hmm. And it is the kind of like one of the original kind of uh, strangers meet sort of movie, like comedy movie, like yeah. a, a road trip sort of movie. And it's, it, it's like, it's really hard to beat. And I think there have been some comedies that have taken on this sort of premise before, after, I mean, um, and done a pretty good job. But there's something about this film, whether it's John Hughes or whatever about it, it's it's yeah. just it's just perfect. And I think it's there's so much like it's just a great heart to it. Um where John Candy is is he should he's on the verge every second of being like very annoying, um, as a character <laughs> to watch. And but he never quite goes that far and you always love him and you love him mm-hmm. more and more as the time goes on. Um yeah. and I think it's just it's just this beautiful film, and it's it it just does what it says on the tin, really. Like it is a film about people on planes and trains and automobiles. <laughs> um, I don't even think I might even be in that order. Um, and it's just a very simple, very heartwarming comedy where two people can't get home and have to mm-hmm. kind of band together just to get home, even though they, well, at least one of them hates the other person because they're just quite annoying and that type of person who talks to you on the train that you don't want to talk to that sort of person. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's so cozy. And I had an experience actually last year, well, this time last year actually, where I, I watched this film before going somewhere via the train. Um, I watched this film the night before, and I was like, oh, what a great film. And I was like, really enjoying it. And I was thinking, maybe this is like a like a Super Sisters sort of thing where tomorrow I'm going to have this experience. And then the very next day I had that experience. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up at like, Six in the morning, I get a train, and it, it just happened to be a snowstorm. Um, oh, so I barely got to the train station on time because I thought I was going to walk it, but I couldn't. So I had to get an Uber. But then obviously that Uber was like annoyed that they had to do anything because it was snowing and it was very dangerous to drive. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got there just in time, and essentially had that experience of I got on, I got onto the train station, and I was waiting for my train. It never came, but it would it would ever tell it wouldn't tell you that it wasn't coming, so it would just say, It's delayed, it's delayed, it's delayed, it's moving to other platforms. So you'd run to that platform and yeah. it just wouldn't come there. Um 
And then I actually did make a friend <laughs> that like that started out quite annoying, but ended up being quite lovely. Um, where someone was like talking to me, like this, I think like this, I don't know, like thirty-five-year-old like mom <laughs> who was just trying to get, uh, I think she was trying to get to her son because mm-hmm. he had just quit work or been fired or something like that. And I remember talking to her and trying to explain to her that the train times and how much I had no idea what was going on either. So don't ask me. Um, and then. <laughs> Is this is this very weird thing where I was I think I was stuck in that train system for like three or four hours, um, just running between different platforms that may or may not have had my train coming, um, and it was just really fun because we were like running together and I there were mo- <laughs> multiple times where I was like I'm gonna have that experience like in the movie where you miss the train or whatever because the person you happen to be with that you're kind of stuck with is a bit slow, slower than you that running. <laughs> and I almost had that experience a couple of times. And then at near the end, like we get we finally get on this train that is very, very, very delayed and taking mm-hmm. a very long time to get to the, where, where we were going. And we literally sat next to each other on the train <laughs> and like had a full-on conversation about what we were doing and where we were going to the point where like I left the train and like, we had like a hug goodbye. <laughs> oh. I called the train and I was like, I just had... The planes, trains, and automobiles experience <laughs> after watching the movie, and I was like, I think I what? now believe in like fate because like that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's an incredible story. Yeah, I, yeah, there's a weird sort of coincidence sort of thing where you watch a movie and it happens to you the next day, and yeah, I think you know if I didn't if I didn't watch that movie so soon, I might have been a bit more cynical about this person I was talking to. <laughs> but, <laughs> It inspired me you to You want to persevere to the end to have the enlightening moment. Yeah, yeah. I want to have that moment where you go, oh, John Candy is a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, do you love this movie too? Because I, I love it. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I have such fond memories of it. Yeah. I think the scene that everyone remembers is the where he shouts at the desk assistant. Mm, yeah. And he, he properly loses it. Yeah. But it's just, it's one of them films that, even if you haven't seen it, you've got to know about it, surely. Yeah, yeah. It's one of them, I guess, <laughs> sounds like a weird comparison to make, but it's kind of a bit like a, of a 90s Avengers film. <laughs> in that these two, uh, John Candy and Steve Martin, are two giants of comedy. Hmm. And of that kind of, as, as well, putting them with um, Oscar Thingy Hughes. Yeah, John Hughes, yeah. John Hughes, it's a magical combination that I don't think we kind of appreciate now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's just one of them things where the whole sort of Steve Martin back catalogue, the whole John Candy back catalogue are available to us and we don't fully grasp how films like that were just so they just capture a moment so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And for that era that, that film came out, this is that film for them. Yeah, definitely. And it's just both these absolute giants of, I suppose, physical comedy as well. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, coming together and it just working and it being absolute gold. Yeah. And it's a film that I feel like we don't treasure as much as we should. Mm. I, I yeah I, I kind of yeah I know what you mean because I kind of find it being mm. uh, left off sort of list whenever I see top ten like Christmas no Thanksgiving movies I don't really see that often. Yeah. Um, but it is definitely up there, and I think it deserves like, it deserves a you know, it deserves that sort of thing where everyone watches it at the end of November, for example. It, yeah. It needs that sort of like status because it deserves it, and it is, it is the height of John Hughes in the eighties, <laughs> and it's the height of those two actors in the eighties as well. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just a great film. I love it. I agree. We need to bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> Start the campaign. <laughs> bring back planes, trains, and automobiles. We absolutely need to. Mm. But yeah, that's a, that's a good pick, a really yeah. good pick. Do you want to go for another one for you? I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's another one I've talked quite a bit about, and it's not necessarily a Christmas film mm-hmm. or a festive film, but it's one that just fills my heart with joy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it is, it's one of the, also one, one that, when you talk about final shots of a film, mm. it's one that stays with me, um, and that is Field of Dreams. Mm, yeah, yeah. I absolutely love this film. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of another. 
it's it's not on the same scale as planes, trains, and automobiles in terms of this of this factor, but it's another one where it's Kevin Costner in his prime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's got it's such a of a moment kind of captured in a film in terms of just the the graininess of the film. If you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, the sort of the grading on it, the colouring, is just outstanding for making you just feel warm. <laughs> and it taps into something I talk about this in my dad quite a lot. But it's sort of about baseball, and it's kind of about sort of the mythology and sort of the legendary status of baseball in American culture. In that, whenever you watch baseball in an American film, or in any film really, it is just this such this. It's almost like a magical thing, like a mystical thing. <laughs> yeah. Of it being, this is, this is America. <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole deal. These are American heroes, and it's something that you know there are sports heroes these days. Football, um, rugby, all these sports have such a large coverage now, and it's getting to the point where um, sort of various branches of the individual sports are getting so much coverage. Yeah. But if you're talking sort of a hundred years ago, even or just when this film is is as it was, baseball was this juggernaut, or this still is, I suppose. It's just more attention is on other sports as well, but it's just that baseball is just this pillar of culture. Yeah, <laughs> and these superstars, these baseball stars, you know, the, the highest paid sportsmen in the world, hmm. these are these are heroes to these people. Yeah. And I, I feel like a lot of films manage to capture that and address baseball. Another good baseball film, if you want a baseball film, is. Um, Oh, for love of God, I've forgotten the name. <laughs> the Brad Pitt one. Oh, Moneyball. Moneyball. Yeah. yeah. That's a great film. Yeah. Um, but I don't think any of them are sort of on this kind of... Because obviously there is a mystical factor of the Fields of Dreams. Yeah. But it's just this idea of heroes and interwoven with this really personal story about a guy and his dad. Yeah. And it's just, it's just a film that every time it gets me. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just such a... It's a nicely paced, quite quite therapeutic film. Yeah. Especially in like the first half, first two thirds. Yeah. And then when you get to the actual point where, holy shit, there are ghosts on that baseball field. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not like the horror of it. Like most people go into the go into the cornfields and hear a voice telling them to build it and they will come. That's a horror film. <laughs> Any other piece of of color grading and it's a horror film. Mm, yeah, um, but this one is just done with such that ease and that just a glow. Mm. And every time Kevin Costner plays baseball, like throws a cap, plays catch with his dad, <laughs> yeah, or the person he sort of attributes to being his dad, it just mm-hmm. and I just get such an intense feeling inside, <laughs> just a happy <laughs> feeling. And then there's the scene where. Um, I can't remember exactly what happens, but one of them has to leave the field and can't go back. Yeah, yeah. What kind of thing. That gets me as well. And then it's kind of just the final shot of the film. Mm-hmm. That whole, where like, it's, the cars coming. Yeah, yeah. Where it's kind of like, oh, will they come? Will this work? And then it pans up. Mm. Or tilts up, sorry. It tilts up. <laughs> yeah. It tilts up. Uh, there you go, Lewis. <laughs> um, <laughs> you tilt up. And you see all the cars, and they have come. Yeah. And it's just, oh, <laughs> I'm happy. All all worries and all fears forgotten. Mm. And for me, it's just such a magical film. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's also one of those films where it's just a weird concept. Like, yeah. And you just it kind of astounded that it, it worked, and it became a classic. And also, it, it wasn't... Like, I think what threw me off, because I, I watched it for the first time like, a couple of years ago, and I liked yeah. it quite a bit, but I think I was like, for a good like half an hour to an hour, <laughs> I was just a bit thrown off by the whole concept and the whole like, how nice everyone was. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to put it, but I was just expecting like, more like, I don't know, like the the baseball ghosts arrive. Um, <laughs> and then like his wife and husband has some sort of disagreement about if they're real or not. And the fact that from, from memory, the film literally has like that scene where they arrive and then his, the, Kevin Costner tells, tells his wife about it and she goes, Oh yeah, <laughs> like oh yeah, sure, yeah, that makes sense. Want to help them out? Yeah, let's help them out. Like I was like, oh, this is really not what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting, but I just wasn't expecting this kind of 
a movie that was sometimes a, like a road trip movie where they were collecting mm. people um and this sort of again like you said like the father <laughs> and son story um that i wasn't expecting yet and i feel like every film uh that after this film that did like some sort of scene where a father and a son do like catching balls um mm. it, it tries to be this scene <laughs> um, yeah. in that film yeah. um and yeah, I, I've watched it a few times since then, and every time it just gels with me so much better than the first time. It just, mm-hmm. I totally get it, and it's just such a, yeah, it is just like a weird, warm film. Um, mm. And I do think it, his opening scene where he's, he's in that cornfield and he hears that those voices, I, I think even that by itself is enough to be like, I don't know, like heartwarming for some reason. Yeah, like it just captures it so well, and it, like you say, like the color grading, the the weird sort of magic hour constantly going on. Um, yeah, idea. it's a great film, right? I wish I watched it when I was younger, actually, because yeah. I wish I had that film in my life before, like, I was 18, 19. Because um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just a great, great film. Um, yeah, it's a lovely film. Yeah, good choice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I think we're coming up to an hour now, so I think we have to kind of... Like wrap the whole thing up, don't we? <laughs> if you do have one more you want to fit in, we can go for um, it. I don't think so. I think I think I had uh, uh, a few... I think, oh yeah, I had Scrooged, which was oh, the, yeah, the Bill yeah. Murray Christmas film. It, it's just a very weird film that it gets by on the structure of the book, obviously, but mm-hmm. I think Bill Murray's performance and the direction of that whole thing is so like weirdly improv and that for some yeah. reason for me makes it work a lot more because by when you get to the last five minutes and he's just kind of screaming at the camera about being <laughs> good like for some reason that just works for me and it shouldn't because it's, it's literally a man going crazy in front of the camera barely remembering the actual script um and yeah it just <laughs> it just works for me because it's just like this rambling like i get it now like i get why being good is cool like and it just yeah, I like that film a lot, and I think it's. I keep on coming mm-hmm. back to it a lot. Um, but yeah, I think that's my last one, really. Yeah. So wanna yeah. close it out? Yeah, can do. I'm sorry it's been a bit shorter than normal. <laughs> it's all right. I think people enjoyed the the speed round news. <laughs> you better. <laughs> um, but yeah, if, I hope if, you enjoyed it. If it's popular, this. I might bring it back. But yeah, yeah. Speed I round can't news. promise that it will be detrimental to my health. <laughs> Some piece of paper all the floor. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, it's been a weird one, but a very, a very fun one. Uh, I hope we inspired you to maybe rewatch or for the first time, maybe watch some things that might be some home comforts for you. Um, especially, I hope please watch yeah. Mamma Mia if you haven't watched Mamma Mia. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed and, this. And bring planes, trains, and automobiles back onto the map. That's bring your it challenge. Back. Get it hashtagged onto Twitter or something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, once again, we do have an Instagram account at Marvelous Cinema Podcast. Uh, we have reviews during the week and uh, lists, stuff like that, like rankings, and also the podcast, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, give us a like, give us a follow, give us any time you can uh, get in contact with us and we'll be make sure to get back to you. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, I think that's it for us. Um, I think it is. Yeah, so <laughs> goodbye. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) See you later. Bye.